0: OK, before we move on to a, a 3 x 3 system, let's do another 2 x 2 um, Well, what I mean by that is two variables. It's Actually, when it's augmented, it's not square anymore. But let's take another system with two equations and two unknowns and use Gauss-Jordan row reduction. And as we go through, I'm going to identify something called the algorithm. So the first thing in the algorithm for Gauss-Jordan row reduction is to write the augmented matrix. So for our example, writing in an augmented matrix, we have 3x plus 2y equals 7, 2x minus 3y equals 4. So there's our augmented matrix. Now remember, the objective is to convert this, which you could say is in the form A slash B, for AX equals B, we want to convert that, ultimately, to something that looks more like I slash C, where C is our answer column. Now, we can't always get it into I, as we'll discover later on, but that's our objective, is to to get it in the form I slash C. So, we would like it to be 1, 0, 0 1 and then have our two answers answer 1 well I should call it C C 1 and C 2 so that's our objective now the way we do that is by something called convert and eliminate those are the next two parts of the algorithm convert convert corresponds to taking one of these entries on the diagonal and converting it to a 1. Then once you do that, then remember what you do above and below? You want zeros above and below. So you convert to 1, then you eliminate everything above and below it by making it a 0. Just like in elimination, you eliminate a variable. So our Gauss-Jordan row reduction algorithm Says one, write the augmented matrix, two, convert, three, eliminate until you get it in the form identity matrix line answer. And I hesitate to say this because. In the next section, it won't always be in the form of the identity matrix, but that's in special cases, and so we'll talk about those when we get there. So for now, if there is one solution to the system of equations, it's going to convert to this form, identity slash answers. So that's our objective using the three row operations we can do. Swapping, multiplying, and adding. So let's look at this and start somewhere. And you don't have to necessarily start with the 3. If I wanted, I could swap these two rows. I would definitely do that if I had a 1 right here. Can you see that? If we had a 1 down here, we might as well save ourselves some effort and swap. And then the 1 would be in the leading entry. And that would be nice. So I don't have a 1 anywhere. So I might as well look at this and see, Okay, well, if I turn this to a 1, that's going to be a fraction right here, right? If I turn this to a one, I'm going to have two fractions. Can you see that? Dividing by three is going to give me two-thirds and seven-thirds. Here, dividing by two is going to give me negative three-halves and two. I'd much rather work with negative three-halves and two than with two-thirds and seven-thirds. So I am going to do, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to swap the row one and row two. I'm going to switch their order. So the way that we write that is row one interchanged with row two looks like this notation so we're going to put two negative three four on top and then three two seven on the bottom now now that I've swapped I'm going to convert this two to a one I'm going to have a leading one and so the way I do that is to divide everything by two so I'm going to take one half of row one and that's going to be my new row one Notice I'm not doing anything with row 2 yet. Half of 2 is 1. Half of negative 3, just write it as negative 3 halves. You don't want to write negative 1 and a half. We'd, Usually in algebra and calculus, we'd rather work with improper fractions than mixed numbers. Mixed numbers are good at the end to know what you have. But negative 3 halves, we'll keep it like that. 4 divided by 2 is 2. And then the bottom row stays the same. 3, 2, 7. Now I have my leading one. So the objective now is to take that and add it to the bottom row in such a way as to get a zero in the bottom row. So how do we get a zero here? We have to have negative 3 added to it. So we need to do negative 3 times row 1 added to row 2. And that's going to go into row 2. So this time, I'll rewrite row 1 the way it is. And then negative 3 times it is negative 3, plus 3 is 0. That's the 0 that I want. Then, unfortunately, this isn't so great, but we'll just have to deal with it. Negative 3 times negative 3 halves. If you'd like to take some scratch paper or a part of of your paper on the side, negative 9 halves is going to be added to 2, so I have to take negative 9 halves plus 2, and 2 is the same as 4 halves, so I have my common denominator. Negative 9 halves plus 4 halves is negative 5 halves over here in the corner. So negative 5 halves is my new Y entry in row 2. I want to double-check that I did that correctly, and I did not do that correctly. Can you see what I did wrong? Negative 3 times a 3 halves is a positive. I messed up right here. I left out the negative 1. So I have negative 3 times a 3 halves is a positive 9 halves. So 9 halves plus 4 halves is not negative 5 halves. It's 13 halves. So instead of negative 5 halves, I have 13 halves. So you can see it's very easy to make an arithmetic mistake, especially when you're dealing with fractions. So feel free to take your time and to write as much as you can and to double check at each step because I wish I could say I meant to do this to demonstrate this, but it is really important that you want to demonstrate at every step Um, you want to make sure you didn't make a mistake because once you've made a mistake, it's going to affect everything from then on and you're going to do a lot of work for nothing. So I always double-check I always try to double-check whenever I'm doing these kinds of problems. So again, I double-check 9 halves plus 4 halves is 13 halves. And then I have negative 3 times 2 is negative 6. Negative 6 plus 7 is positive 1. So negative 3 times 2 from row 1 Added to the original row 2, negative 6 plus 7 is positive 1. So I have my leading 1, and I have a 0 below it, and I'm close to knowing what y is, but I I need to get a 1 here, and then I will know what y is. So how do we change 13 halves times y equals 1 into 1y equals something? We need to multiply both sides by 2 thirteenths. So I take 2 thirteenths times row 2, and I put that into my new row 2. Leaving row 1 alone for a minute. So 2 thirteenths times 13 halves is 1, and then 2 thirteenths times 1 is 2 thirteenths. So I get that 1y equals 2 thirteenths. Now, I don't know what 1x is yet, because I have also 1x minus 3 halves y is 2. So now that I have a 1 here, I pivot on that 1, we call it, meaning turn that to a 0 up above. Now, how do we get a 0 there? 1 plus negative 3 halves doesn't do it, but 3 halves plus negative 3 halves does. So I need to take 3 halves times row 2 and add it to row 1, and then I should be finished. So I'm gonna take 3 halves times my new row two, add it to row one, and that's going to be my new row one. Notice, 3 halves times zero is still zero, so it doesn't change my one. If you do this in the correct order, your ones will remain ones, and your zeros will remain zeros. So that's good. I took 3 halves times this one, and also three-halves times is zero. Zero plus one is one. Three-halves plus negative three-halves is zero. Now here's the part that takes a little bit of work. Two-thirteenths times three-halves. It's not as bad as it sounds when you write it out. We have three-halves times a positive two-thirteenths, and the twos cancel, so it's three-thirteenths. So we have three-thirteenths, And we need to add that to row 1, and row 1 has a 2 in it. So when I do that, I have 26 thirteenths. 26 thirteenths plus 3 thirteenths. These are all positive, right? Double checking. I have 29 thirteenths on top. So my solution is 1x equals 29 thirteenths and 1y equals 2 thirteenths. Unfortunately, you are going to run into fractions in the homework problems and in life in general. So um, I think that's the hardest part of this uh, technique is when you run into fractions. Feel free to take some time on scratch paper off to the side to make sure that you're doing them correctly. Um, As a last resort, You can use your calculators to add fractions, but remember that on your exams and also on the final exam, a lot of the questions need to be done without a calculator. You won't have your calculator for them. So you might as well practice the fractions now um, because you don't want to have to be thinking about them too much when you're taking a test. So use some scratch paper and um, just remind yourself that you've already learned how to do this. It just takes a couple of steps. So we would want to check this solution to make sure that it was correct. So we'll do that now. Okay, so to check this, we plug in 29 thirteenths for X and 2 thirteenths for Y. It's not easy, but it's not horrible either. Three times 29 is 87 thirteenths plus 4 thirteenths is 91 thirteenths, which is 7, which we're happy about. And then 2 times 29 thirteenths is 58 thirteenths minus 6 thirteenths, which is 52 thirteenths, which is indeed 4. Now, this is almost an example in your book. So if you're looking through your book and you see that example and you think, wait, we have the wrong answer, you can see this check, so we, we have the correct answer. If you look very closely, you'll see the example in your book has a negative in front of the 4. We didn't do that problem. I actually gave you a problem a little more difficult, but it's good to practice with diffractions. So uh, here we are with our solution. x equals 29 thirteenths, y equals 2 thirteenths. Since we're talking about two variables, we're in two dimensions, so we're talking about the point of intersection of those two lines being the point 29 comma 2 thirteenths. And now if you want to talk about mixed numbers, if you want to know what you have here, 13 goes into 29 twice, and 13 times 2 is 26, so we have 2 and 3 13 ths so a little past 2, and then 2 ths is pretty close to 0, isn't it? It's between 0 and 1, but closer to 0. So again, not very far away from the origin, so it would be easy to graph these two lines and see the solution. Now if you'd like, Take the problem in the book that has a negative in front of the 4 and try to work it out on your own before looking through each step. It should be easier than this one, so it wouldn't be a bad idea to pause right now and practice that one if you'd like, because the next example we're going to do is going to be one with three variables. So if you'd like to practice with two, now might be a time to take that example in the book that's the same as this one, but with a negative in front of the 4. And then I'll see you after the three uh, when we go to the three variables.